welcome to another episode of the Half Full Reviews Podcast. I'm DJ, and today I'm joined by two special guests, Sam and Tyler of Dogwood Gaming. How's it going this morning, guys? Hey, how are you? Hey, how's it going? Hey, so, um, I want to introduce everybody before we get started, uh, and we have, you know, well, first, today we're going to be talking about a handful of video games, but primarily one video game that you guys have been working on uh, and developing. Um, so, but first we need to introduce who you guys are. So you guys are with Dogwood Gaming. You guys are an indie video game development studio in Maryland, correct? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And uh, how long have you guys been doing this? And how did you guys meet? And uh, I don't know. Take it away. Tell me a little bit about you guys. Yeah. Um, well, we, we officially started uh, April 1st, um, 2016. I think uh, <laughs> one of the one of the best quotes from our music guy, Jimmy, was uh, people will always know we were a joke. <laughs> we're still here, still here. But we um, we officially we, we actually started a, maybe like six months before that. Um, it was a bunch of my friends that uh, we all used to play Dungeons and Dragons a lot. But we were also huge Mass Effect fans, and there wasn't really a Dungeons and Dragons setting uh, for Mass Effect that existed. So we were all like, "Oh, we could do that." <laughs> so we sat down for I think it was two or three months and 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 hammered out this whole thing, released it, and it did pretty well. I, I, I mean, people enjoyed it, people played it, and we got feedback on it, which was a lot of fun. But after that, uh, you know, we 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 felt pretty confident, and we're like, "Oh, we can make a video game. It's it's the same thing, right?" <laughs> but uh basically right yeah yeah pretty much <laughs> do you guys still play dungeons and dragons it's you know i i i played for a very very long time and really up until um the lockdown happened i which is which is kind of strange because you know online D kind of blew up because of it but i, I playing online D just wasn't nearly as fun as doing it in person you know, I, I did get the experience of playing D and D. I always wanted to, because um, I never got to in like high school or college or anything like that. And so during the lockdown, my brother picked it up as a thing. And so oh, yeah. we got together with a couple close friends and family members that wanted to play. And he hosted a couple, you know, a campaign over at my house and taught us all how to play. It was pretty cool, um, and I enjoyed it. We almost did an episode on it. I don't know if we talked about Dungeons and Dragons as an episode, but I always kind of wanted to talk about it. So. I know you guys have mentioned it a few times. I've heard you guys talk about it, so I figured you guys must have played it a lot or still play it. So. Yeah, well, um, it's it's actually uh, it Dungeons and Dragons has has played a very large part in how we design our games. I, I mean, honestly, I I remember uh, the second game we ever we we ever even thought of was this game called Trek, which was it was a open world uh, survival game set in a fictional national park. But a big reason we wanted to make it was because there were so many of these open world games that were just empty, or like the locations were nothing special. It was just, oh, here's a random shack out in the middle of nowhere. Our goal was to make every single location have a story behind it. And we did that with one of our friends, Andre. Uh, there's a, there's a, a, a tabletop game called Fate, which is, it's, it's very similar to Dungeons and Dragons. It, it's just played a different way. Um, and what and, and what we would do is Andre would make these short fate campaigns around certain areas of the map, and then we would play through these mini campaigns. And what happened was the landmarks and the events that players would find in that area. Um, yeah, so I, I mean, stuff like that's played such a huge role in everything we've made. Cool. So, all right. So then, two questions then: uh, What kind of games have you made, and what kind of games do you play? 
you can answer that in either order, you know? How do you guys want to tackle that? Yeah, and, and I, I was going to say, um, I do want Tyler to definitely answer this because we have we have very different tastes yeah, um, very. In, in, in games. Um, <laughs> we've So a big thing with, with working at Dogwood is I always like to try something different. You know, I, I like to think we haven't, Ironically enough, we're we're like currently redoing one of our older games, but we we always try to do something completely different. Um, so I've done all kinds of genres from old school JRPGs to side-scrolling fighting games to a Smash Brothers style fighting game. Um, we've done uh, uh, co-op shooters, like 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 we've done every like lots of different genres all over the place. Um, but I personally really enjoy um, like large large open RPGs like Mass Effect and Yakuza and um, I, Oblivion is my favorite Elder Scrolls game. But I think that, you know, having these really big worlds with really rich stories is that's those are the kind of games that I love. And um, actually kind of similar for me, I, uh, I, I am a huge RPG fan. Um, and uh, I, I, I like, uh, more of like the JRPG side. Um, huge Final Fantasy fan. Uh, the Shin Megami Tensei games, Persona, um, stuff like that, and uh, those like big open world games as well. Some of our more recent, I guess, um, like favorite video games is Horizon Zero Dawn, um, and I have not been able to play Forbidden West yet, and I I, I feel. I feel like a failure for not having been able to <laughs> to play that game, but I've been so busy. Um, How but do you yeah, like Horizon Zero Dawn because we haven't covered that on the podcast yet either. Okay, um, thumbs up or a thumbs down? Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. It's it's my favorite game on the PlayStation Four, I guess. Uh, really? Well, okay, okay, it's up. Okay, okay hold it's, on it's a real second. Close. It's real close because <laughs> it's between it's between Horizon and Persona Five. Um, but not even Kingdom Hearts three. I'm so no, sorry. I just we had a magical bonding moment where we just sat together at this hookah <laughs> bar with like, but with like we both had televisions on on these tables and we're just playing through Kingdom Hearts three together. We brought in <laughs> that, full, that was like my in, favorite PS four. We brought game. in full full like uh, PS four and a TV and set it up in the corner of uh, like each of us. There's three of us doing it. Oh, because uh, we have Rob too. Rob yeah. Um, I think that Kingdom Hearts 3 is a fine game. I, I think that it has not aged nearly as well as many other games that are also mm. around that time. Um, but no, Horizon is Horizon is a fantastic game. Um, it's unfortunate because I feel like this this has happened twice now with Horizon. Um, Horizon will come out and it'll be like, oh, this game is fantastic, and then something else will completely eclipse it. Mm-hmm. Um, this with the second one, it was Elden Ring. You know, yeah, I was talking about anything but Elden Ring now. That's so. so popular right now. Yeah, so, good oh, for yeah. them. You know. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm happy to see. I'm not a Souls fan, um, but I'm happy to see it do. Uh, oh yeah, I'm so well. glad it lived up to its ex to its expectations. Oh, yeah. oh my God, could you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine? Right. Yeah. Um, it's I'm cool so to glad see. To I think it's cool to see an RPG doing that well and being so mainstream in the media because lots yes. of games that get that mainstream are only multiplayer games these days. And that's a big thing that, like, when I when I when I when I talk about what we're currently working on, which is a remake of of, of Ashes, our our first game. Um, you know, single player games are still very popular. People want to play these these rich 
like these story rich single player titles but the thing is that all the major companies aren't putting money into that because it's so much easier to make multiplayer games and sell skins mm -hmm. it is like and you can appeal to like you have to think like the people who play elden ring is definitely going to be a much smaller audience than the people who play fortnite however elden ring i'm sure has shattered records and made more money than any of us could possibly dream of you know and it's an entirely and and i mean like okay it has multiplayer elements but it's a single player game you know yeah. and it clearly shows that that's still something people want hmm. for sure I well agree. speaking of you teased us there with the video we keep talking about the video games that you guys have made and kind of included. yeah let's actually talk about those for a second let's go through all of them um and we'll do we'll do the latest one you guys are working on last because that's going to be the main topic for the episode which is going to be ashes of kanaka so yeah a lot of times i mentioned that at the start of the podcast but there was just so much to you know yeah new, new people in, in video games you guys <laughs> You're fine. So much, you know it's okay because it's also probably the first one we're going to be talking about too the first and the last one so let's the first start and the last let's do that let's start with the original ashes of kanaka which is a jrpg that you guys made um, yep yeah with sam can talk Baker, about that right? one and... Yes. Yeah. Sam can talk more about that one. Uh, I was not uh, actually with the company when when the when that game came out. So. Yeah. Tyler came on in like an, an unofficial capacity, I'd say around Static. Um, but then like ever since um, our last title, Can I Fight, he's been with us. Like he's stuck with me now. So, um, so but, static but, can't but... get can away. Fight? Is that the order to be Ashes? Static? Can I fight? <laughs> No, so, so sorry, I'll actually go in the proper order. So, so I've I've officially released, um, well, technically technically five games because we just re-released Static, um, but four four um, full titles on Steam. So we started with Ashes of Kanaka, which was our first title, and it is an old school JRPG uh, made in RPG Maker MV, and that uh, you know I. I'll like put a pin in that because I can talk ad nauseum about working on 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 the first ashes because that took us a year and a half to two years. Like that was a massive project working on that. Um, no, I, and the I biggest a little bit about that because that game oh. is, um, it's still selling on Steam and it was just featured on Steam with the RPG Maker. Yeah, they did, um, and that's really cool. You guys, you guys said you have over forty companions. I've actually played it, not all of it, yeah. but some of it. Uh, um, uh, Fifty five. 55 companions in that yep. game and like over 40 hours of gameplay 40 to 60 per playthrough yes yeah, so that's a, that is a big game um and it's cool um so i i've personally played it and i enjoy it um it reminds me and i haven't played too many jrpgs but like i've played all the original retro ones and stuff like that so all the old school stuff um and it reminds me a lot of pokemon 2 which is i think part of the art style and part of the the jrpg-ness of it is what reminds me of pokemon the combat was honestly one of the most, um, I guess, difficult things for making Ashes. So, so when we made Ashes, we we all went in as huge fans of, I guess, Western RPGs. You, you know, I mean, we were all coming off. We were still playing the Mass Effect Three multiplayer, if you remember that, um, and like we played that all the time. And so we 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 came from loving Mass Effect. Um, I was super into Yakuza. Um, we're all still playing Skyrim at the time, so like that's that's the like uh, influences that we're coming from, but none of us are programmers, so our options are pretty limited to what we can do. So we ended up in RPG Maker, 
And a big thing with RPG Maker, and I had done I had done a lot of research before we even jumped into this because I was like, can we even do remotely close to what we want to do in this engine? And all of the previous versions of RPG Maker, uh, they had been programmed in a, in a language called Ruby. And so there were tons of plugins to do really any kind of combat you want, anything you want in the world. Ashes was originally supposed to play like Fire Emblem. So that as you got all 55 companions, they would actually fight on the battlefield with you. Um, and that existed. However, when RPG Maker MV came out, it switched to Java. And all of the plugins stopped working. Um, so everything that we had to do in that, we had to either build ourselves or we were working with plugins that were, were like brand new. Um, so it was really interesting trying to put that one together. Yeah, that sounds like, like a job. Sounds like a job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but at the same time, I mean, I I love I I love Ashes. I it was it's a I'm trying to think of the easiest way to summarize it. Uh, so Earth 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 has fallen, and humanity has left to find a new home, and they find this planet called Kanaka, which is very similar to Earth in its atmosphere and vegetation. And this is meant to be that at the time we were seeing a lot of sci-fi games that were like, "Oh, you're on an uncharted world. There's no one else around you. It's just nature." And it's like, "Yeah, that's kind of boring." So we're like, "Well, what if civilization has actually had a chance to build up on this on?" On this planet and that was and then that ended up being the basis for a lot of the game um so yeah yeah you have whole cities and skyscrapers in this game you know and yeah military people and advanced weaponry and i had a question about the companions that's been bugging me for a while now do yeah. some of them have permadeath or do they always come back they always come back permadeath was originally something we had talked about when it was originally supposed to play like fire emblem but it didn't it didn't work anymore when they were just you know, like a normal JRPG. It it made more sense that they didn't permanently die. Some of them are pretty integral to the story, right? Yeah, because there's bones, a obviously because he follows you around. The yeah, there's a there's a lot of characters who I can't remember, Tyler. If you remember how many mandatory companions there are, I think but... there there's like there's like a dozen. Yeah, it's like less than twenty. Yeah. So, and that's the big thing with Ashes is you gotta think there's there, there's fifty five companions, and if you don't do any side content, you end up with twelve. So, like, there's a lot that we that we like put into Ashes for people to like go around and explore. That that is cool. Um, is there? What are some of the ways that you unlock these companions? So we wanted to make so again this ties in with that we 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 don't want to have fetch quests we don't want to we we don't want to have meaningless objectives that just feel like a grind we want we wanted to feel like when you when you unlock a companion there's a a a, a real reason yeah you know what actually now now I think about it what was a major inspiration for this was I remember in Skyrim um a lot of the companions you get were like um I chop wood for you. Okay, now they're going to die for me in combat. <laughs> like 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 that really was like I spent some wood chopping skills. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And that was really what we didn't want to do. So all of the companions there they they either come from a quest or you've done something very specific to unlock them. I know one of the big ones, one of my favorites is there's a there's this homeless guy called Hobo Joe 
that you meet in Las Postres, the first city. And if you talk and 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 he'll follow like the storyline, so you can find him in every single location you go. If you talk to him to in every single place throughout the game, he'll end up being one of the best companions you can get um, at the very end. That's cool. So little like secret there. So if you guys end up getting Ashes, anyone listening, Ashes of Kanaka on Steam. Um, Make sure to talk to the, the, the hobo homeless guy in every city. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if he asks for money, give him money. Yes. <laughs> that's that's a pro tip. Pro tip. All right. <laughs> All right. So um, <laughs> let's jump. Let's jump on to the next game because we've got a lot of games to cover, and we still want to talk yeah. about the remake as a big part. Um, so what's next? Is it static or can I fight? I mean, yeah. Uh, it was actually uh, Private Detective Punch Drunk. That was the second game we ever made. Um, that was our first adventure into trying to make a, a, a 3D game. And a big thing with it was that I... So we had originally started Dogwood with three people. By the time Ashes was done, we had 14. Um, so the studio had grown a lot to the point that we that towards the end of Ashes, we were able to have people start working on the next project, um, and which was pri pri Private Detective Punch Drunk, which is PDPD. Um, it was great. The entire premise is you play as a noir uh, detective who has to go fight this evil video game corporation that is taking beloved game ideas and turning them into microtransactions. So, so That's every single. I like that. Yeah. So, very, so very meta. <laughs> yeah. So, so every single floor was like based on a different video game, um, and it was it was a lot of fun to make that. The, it was just that like when we got to actually releasing it um i had checked in i was like hey how's the programming for the game and i was told oh there wasn't any programming for the game so i'm like oh so we have everything done except the game part uh so i sat in in our friend andre's basement and with him programmed the entirety of pdpd in two months Wow. And yeah, and that that was a time, and and like I I I helped Andre make it, but I I didn't really program that. That wasn't that wasn't really me getting really into programming. That that was when Static happened. That was when I I I really jumped into programming the games. All right, so let's talk about Static for a second here. Um, Static is is the first game you made in Unreal Engine. No, uh, yeah, PDPD we made in Unreal Engine. It, it was originally going to be in CryEngine, but the free version of CryEngine is really not um, great. And if you want to use the the like full version, it's twenty five thousand dollars per year per person. Um, yeah, so it just wasn't really feasible. Um, so we switched to Unreal Engine, which is the one of the best things we ever did because Unreal's been fantastic. Um, but yeah, Static, Static was the first thing that I ever programmed, and it was it was it was great because it taught me a lot about how Unreal Engine works. And keep in mind, lead, leading up to when I actually made Static, um, I had been watching like YouTube videos and like going through Udemy for like courses on like how to program an Unreal Engine. Um, so Static was kind of the first real test, and I mean, at the time, Static ran, but as it was discovered, I think maybe like last year, it's like on modern systems, it it could not do it anymore. Um, 
And that's just because when the way it was programmed is a very outdated way of doing things. You don't like when we remade static recently, a lot of it was just unplugging things. <laughs> that was like 90% of the fixes that had to be done. Cleaning it up. Yeah. Nice. So yeah, so I was actually uh, I was here working with you guys when we, we released Static there. Um, and yeah. So I've seen like almost the entirety of the game. I've played a good little bit of it and I've watched it on stream several times over, including the ending. Um, I think yeah. it's a very cool game. Uh, how many hours is roughly does that usually take someone to beat? Um, it's like three to four now, I'd say, honestly. So it's one yeah, of the shorter like the... games you guys have made, if not the shortest, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. That, yeah, and that was also one of the challenges with it when we first released it was um, we were getting a lot of uh, a lot of people interested, a lot of people buying the game and everything, um, and then beating the game under two hours and returning it because of Steam's two-hour return policy. Uh, so we ended up actually not um, selling very many of uh, very many copies of the game that actually you know, stuck. Yeah. Um, so that was one of the things we wanted to make sure that we did when we updated it was the to to get it to a point where people had more had more content to play and we could we, we didn't have to worry about them blazing through it in, in an hour um and yeah it's it's definitely it's like i think it's like average about three hours to beat now yeah. um i i tested the the hell out of that game and there's like i can beat the the current version of it in an hour and that's not knowing everything and all the different like <clears throat> speed run strategies and stuff like that and the first time that we did we made this game i think i i think my like record was like 30 minutes or something like that yeah. so like it's significantly longer than it used to be which That's is good. which is and great. now it's fully voice acted as yes. well right yes is that just the first game you guys had that was fully voice acted yep mm-hmm. cool and did you guys use um any motion capture because i know you guys have a mocap studio and you guys have all the equipment did you guys use any motion capture in any of these games or in just the latest one you're making uh, static is the first one yeah. that we ever used motion capture in, which is interesting because it's, you know, that was kind of our first, I guess, uh, real test is all the animations in static are uh, motion captured. Um, I think they came out really well. I think they, they did really, they do a really good job, especially the, the grab from the static monster. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's um, really, really good. Yeah. We had a special shout out to, to Connor, our, um, I, I was about to call him our lighting guy, but he does a lot more than that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Connor is uh, kind of just the all-around like, oh, you need you need animations, you need lighting, you need level Map design. design. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's great with all of that, and he kind of just came in. We had these raw motion capture files and everything that needed to be cleaned up, and I uh, tried my my hardest with it and couldn't, you know couldn't get it really to work the way that we wanted it to. And Connor was just like, oh, I got this. And he just learned the program, the the uh, animation editing program and everything in like a week and did everything we needed we needed for static, which was great. Yep. So that is awesome. Um, so yeah, you know, we should we should talk a little bit about the team um, that's working on Ashes. And um, because you're right, you guys have such a talented group and there's so many people that just aren't even known about, you know, but they'll be in the credits and, and they're so integral to making the game. Um, so before we get into Ashes, let's take a quick break here um, so I can let my dogs out. And uh, yeah. <laughs> and we'll be right back to talk Ashes of Kanaka, the remake, and uh, all about it. Yeah. Welcome back from our break. Um, all right, so let's talk some Ashes of Kanaka. 
this is the the game you guys are currently working on is a remake of the first game you ever made and it's no longer a jrpg now it's a fully 3d rpg in unreal engine and let's uh let's start at the very beginning you know um what genre what type of game is ashes yeah, I, well, it is still technically a JRPG. It's just not a turn-based JRPG anymore. It's yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah so it's more action. Mm-hmm. It's based. more like modern uh, JRPG. Um, think like, um, well, the Kingdom Hearts franchise, uh, the Final Fantasy VII remake, or like um, Final Fantasy Fifteen. I keep referencing Final Fantasy games, but it's the easiest, I think, to. The, the most mainstream like hey this is it's kind of like a souls game but not difficult honestly okay i think that's a really good analogy <laughs> yeah. so a couple of my questions that i planned to ask you guys we actually kind of covered when we we're talking about the original ashes so what inspired you to remake ashes then um you know what what was the what was it about that game since you've made a, a few games instead of making something new or instead of remaking you know one of the other ones in a fully 3d world what why ashes um well we had so the last game we had made was knife fight and knife fight in my eyes is kind of a sad story because i i i think knife fight is one of the most fun games we've ever made but knife fight didn't really have much of a fighting chance unfortunately um so it was designed to be a super smash brothers style um fighting game where you would uh, fight as as different utensils across various restaurants and it was great because we had local restaurants that wanted to partner with us and and all these like events lined up and then we got locked down and so knife fight didn't really have a chance to do very well and we had such a like at that point we had such a a fantastic team that included most of the people that we currently have you know stephanie kurt tyler you know, all these people were already with us at this point. And we looked at it where it's like, well, things are still very uncertain. We're still in the height of the lockdown. This is like September 2020, I would say. Um, and it's like our options are either we just stop and then what was this all for? Or we can work on something that we're really passionate about and that we really loved. And the most... The most enjoyable game to work on and the most memorable experiences for me anyway was Ashes because we had 14 people who were in love with it. Every single person got to have an an input in the game and it really felt like everybody was coming together to make this project special. So how much of how much of the original Ashes is going to be in the world? We hope almost all of it. Um, And, you know, I mean, obviously we're making changes because there's some things that don't hold up anymore or they don't make any sense or we have the ability to improve them because a lot of the a lot of the original script for ashes um when it was written it was written by dave who had never worked in rpg maker so he didn't know the limitations of the engine he was just writing what the dream ashes of kanaka would be so there's a bunch of scenes in there and cutscenes and all these different events that he wrote out that just weren't feasible in rpg maker but now they are, and we could do them all in 3D. So this is like it's like a really classic story um, that that's been told before, right? Of like not being able to do something in the time when you wanted to do it. Lots of times you hear this in the movie industry, where they were making a movie. You know, um, George Lucas talks about this with Star Wars. Oh yeah. Also, lots of other movies. You know, but 
yeah, we couldn't do it. We were limited by the technology, but now we can do it. And although the technology was there for you guys, you guys were developing your skills to the point where now you're ready to do it the right way. You know, oh, yeah. It also, um, it, I, don't, I don't know how technically feasible it would have been uh, back then either. Mostly, be like, a big thing is that because of Unreal 5, you're able to have much larger worlds on uh, systems that don't need to be monsters. So the nice thing is that not only are we going to be able to make this, this dream version of Ashes, it's also going to be playable on you know, hopefully most modern computers. You shouldn't you shouldn't need anything crazy to run Ashes. That's awesome. So it's always cool when companies can do that. You know, they can make it so you can play it on high-end computers and on lower-end or mid-end. So and still look good at the same time. And still look good, right? Yeah. yeah. That way it's, yeah. Um, so let's see here. Um, I lost my train of thought. I had a follow-up question with that that wasn't on our uh, schedule here. But... I guess, could. I guess I guess we should talk about some of the things that make uh, Ashes special. Aside from the people working on it, um, you know, do you want to? Do we want to talk about them for a second? The, a little bit about the team. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I can I can tell you how much I love every single person I work with till the end of time. We're we're so incredibly special to work with, just incredibly talented people that I've just been fortunate to meet over the years. How did you all um, meet? Some of you guys were friends to begin with, and. Yeah, I'll let Tyler actually talk about it because I feel bad steamrolling this thing. But uh, Tyler, you know, has watched a lot of the people come on to Dogwood and, you know, himself included. Yeah. Um, so I met Sam. I'll talk about myself first because um, I guess I guess outside of. Yeah, I think I, I think I'm actually the oldest uh, other employee in Dogwood now. Um I met Sam uh, through a uh, mutual friend uh, taking uh, me to the local hookah bar where uh, Sam and all of Dogwood did all of their work back um, in the early days of original Ashes and stuff like that. Um, and we just kind of became friends over time. And then I started to get more involved in um, kind of the video game stuff because I found it interesting. I was like, oh, what are you guys doing? What are you working on? Oh video games can i you know help test something out or um i think the first thing that i did for for well the first thing that um i worked on with or with uh, dogwood that wasn't um published because there were there were a couple projects that didn't you know get finished before a lot of done. games yeah um i was working on um testing uh, death and taxes um sam which is uh was uh, basically a um, squad bait, like a co-op uh, wave shooter, um, kind of like Left 4 Dead, and um, I, I was just like, oh yeah, let me let me see how it runs and everything, and uh, it didn't very very well. <laughs> um, Melted computers. It did actually was Oops. it was it was quite <laughs> quite an uprise, but it's fine because um, you know it, that what was going on in death and taxes allowed um allowed us to put together static and make static playable which was the next thing that i helped with and, and then is this um, when other people started coming on or yeah so around that time um sam would you say so like so we finished static and then right after after that we um started working with uh with kurt and khalid on um uh, can I fight? Well, static um, was actually before. Surprisingly, static was was before um, death and taxes. 
Was it? Yeah, yeah, we did static because uh, like so so Dogwood has an internship program, and uh, we had just started to like uh, expand it then, and because we had uh, Angelo, who is one of our programmers now, uh, Marco and Ian, uh, they were they oh, were right, great, um, and it was it was actually uh, Marco's idea was death and taxes, um, and so that was what we started working on after after static and then you know uh there were a lot of projects that like we tried to make work but they just lack of funding or like lack of whatever made it difficult um but i know tyler was there with me it was but i don't think it was until like can i fight that... well um when i was there in an official capacity i mean i was on the credits for static originally but it yeah wasn't in a, like an official thing i think i was credited as all around awesome dude yeah um which eh meant i tested things i wrote subtitles uh and made and like made sure it got released on time um but you played the voice of the main character in the yeah. yes in the update yes so basic so there's a story behind that um we had a uh so static is a prequel to ashes of kanak it's in the same universe um it has to do with uh, one of the factions of bad guys in Ash's uh, code, and they um, kind of how they're introduced into the Ash's universe. Um, and the main character that uh, the, the player plays as uh, ends up showing up in Ashes of Kanaka as a companion. Um, and at the time, the this was like a DLC kind of thing for Ashes. Like Sam added, added the character into... Um, Ashes after Static came out, and he needed somebody to model the um, the character after. Uh, so I was the one that was modeled after. Um, so in in Ashes of Kanaka, the character uh, of Tyler um, is the one that you play in Static, and it's also uh, my <laughs> my portrait on the on the character model. Um, yep. So when that we were so going cool. to, so you're in you're in a video game. You're a main character. Yeah. You know? <laughs> now yeah. is it weird to go and play that video game and hear yourself now? Oh, I I, I uh, when we were at the the last um, the last leg of testing for the the re-release of Static, I uh, I did not I played the game completely uh, silent. Um, <laughs> I I just I it's something like so so. You hear it a lot, I guess, of people who are who do, um, you know, like TV or voice or whatever, um, and they're like, "Oh, I hate the sound of my own voice." Uh, I just, it's just you hear it, you hear it over and over, and you're like, "That is not how I sound. That is not the the um, voice. Uh, like, like that's not how I did that line, stuff like that." And it's just like, I just turn turn it off. Don't even don't even think about it. I am um, not this character right now. And that made it that made it way easier on um, me to to finish testing that game. Um, <laughs> That's cool. So, yeah. So I'm like, I always wonder too. You know, if I was in a movie, would I want to watch the movie or would I not? Yeah. Um, I'm okay right. listening to myself podcast. I listen to every episode I do all the way through, um, not just during editing. I always listen, give it one listen through. So it doesn't seem to bother me. But I do know a lot of people and a lot of actors and stuff. Um, will come out and say that they cannot watch the stuff they're in. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Bugs them. You know, they're they they're their own worst critic as well. You know. Mm -hmm. But uh, I mean, you did an amazing that. job, by the way, as someone who's heard your voice a lot. Thank you. <laughs> oh yeah, he did such a good job. 
So whenever you talk no, about no. it here on the podcast, I keep looking over my shoulder to see if there's any static monsters around. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> no uh, no formal training, by the way. I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, well, right? neither, not, neither was Valerie. I mean, that oh, was the thing. Um, um, the, the woman who plays... Uh, Hikate in Ashes. Also, I think, you know, she she had theater in high school and college, but she didn't, but, uh, yeah, static, sorry, but she didn't have, um, she didn't have any formal training either, and she sounds fantastic, so. And that was kind of our first test of voice acting. Um, so. Alright, sorry, so quickly run me through anyone else who's joined the team between then and now to get us up to date to okay. Ashes. So we can yeah, get back so after so, so after Static, we were working on Knife Fight, and then we uh, got Kurt and Khalid um, coming yep. into program. Khalid uh, does a couple things every now and then, but he's not a full member of the team anymore because he's got um, he is. I, 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 I mean, he is. So yes, he is. However, um, he's he not, works two other jobs. Yeah, so it's right, difficult right. He's to not be like around full all the time. time. But that's because he, yeah, yeah. Um, Kurt though is our lead programmer now. Um, and then Stephanie, uh, Stephanie is a 3D artist that uh, we found through a contest um, that we did with. We partnered with uh, Mike Hermes on YouTube. Yeah. Um, and she did a 3D model of a weapon for us, a, a magical gun um, that we liked so much. One, it's going to be in the Ashes of Kanaka, and two, we hired her to be our 3D artist for Knife Fight, and then also um, she is our character designer for Ashes. Um, and then after all of that, uh, fast forward to we started working on the Ashes project, then we got uh, Connor, um, who came in to do lighting stuff. We have... Um, I forget how we found Connor. I don't. I don't remember. I just remember you telling me, "Oh, Connor's doing this." I'm like, "Who is Connor?" And then, you know, now I know. Um, Angelo came back from doing uh, before when he was an intern with us. Now he's a full time uh, programmer, and he's a literal savant at Unreal <laughs> yeah. Engine. So he leaves. He left for like two years uh, or whatever to get a degree in video game design, and now all of a sudden he's just like, "Oh, I know everything. It's great." Yeah, uh, it's great having him in in the team. And then there's. Um, Zach, which was he was introduced to us by Kurt, and he's yeah. Kurt's friend, um, and he's also another uh, great programmer we picked up. And then of course there's DJ. Yes, um, uh, that's me. So. <laughs> we are so fortunate yeah. as uh, to 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 finally have somebody who knows what they're doing. <laughs> so no, no, you guys are an awesome team, and that's why I wanted to just take a second and talk about the team um, because, for one. As a boss there, you are very kind, very generous to your team, and you always speak very highly of them. And I, I'm a very positive person myself, and I, I really vibe with that. I like that a lot. Um, well, thank you, but I mean, they deserve it. I literally couldn't do any of this without the people I work with. You're such a kind person, and that attracts kind people. So your team is just a really great team, as I've gotten to know just a handful of them. I haven't even met them all yet, aside from hearing their voice in a meeting, right? But, yeah. Um, you guys have such an awesome little indie studio here, you know, like... Uh, the beginnings of something really great and it's very exciting to see you guys working on ashes um and how you know how far it's come and how fast it's going it's crazy um that's a couple of things we want to talk about as we wrap up talking on ashes is you know um maybe a little bit about the story about what's making it special um you guys also have this mpc system um, which you know uh, has gained a little bit of attention from I think the state of Maryland as well. They were looking at it. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about the MPC system a little bit, and or a little bit about the story, whichever one you want to tackle first, and then we'll then we'll move on to talking about which platforms it's coming out on, and then 
uh, we have some exciting news about a Kickstarter and a playable demo. But before we get into yeah. all that, let's the story and the NPC system here. How do you guys want to tackle that? Um. So the, the. Sorry, Sam. I was going to say go with the um, the NPC stuff first. Yeah, because that is that the you thing. It also ties in really well to I think a lot of what makes Ashes special as well is. You know, a, if I had to pinpoint one of the things that I hope we can improve and make better in the video game industry, it's that I think Mass Effect has one of the best companion systems I've ever seen in a video game, ever. Um, the The fact that I was excited every time a mission ended to go talk to every single member of my crew, like that is that is the feeling that we want people to to have with the companions in Ashes, um, and. You know, a, a lot of it and, and a lot of my, like, favorite memories from Mass Effect are the small things about them. Like, you know, in Mass Effect 1, you'd be in an elevator and your party would, like, have a conversation behind you. Um, or, like, um, I mean, there was, like, Mass Effect 3, which was all fan service with all the different companions. Like, people people want the, peop want the NPCs who they spend the most time with to feel like people because you're with them the whole game. Um and we found that you can you can do that with a lot of of you know it ultimately comes down to it's a bunch of variables but we're able to add in the the little nuances that npcs typically don't have in video games that makes that make people feel more alive um bones is a great example because bones is the first companion you get he's your superior officer when you start the game um but he has his own personality, his own life, his own likes, and you'll see it as you play with him. Um, and, you know, one of the greatest examples we always use is uh, in the first city, it's like a space Las Vegas. So you have all these casinos you can go play all the games at. And, if, and when you go and you sit down at a table, the people playing with you at that table will be your party. And... Your party members will all have their own personalities and they'll all gamble in their own specific way. You know, Bones might double on 13 and 14s, while somebody who is much more conservative will only do that on 10s and 11s if it's blackjack. Like, mm -hmm. small things like that make all the characters feel different and unique. Um, and, and, and that's. This is just, your, this is just the uh, companions, not even the NPCs, which we can also talk about here. Uh, so the NPCs actually are, I mean, they, they will work the exact same way that the companions will. They're just a bit simpler. Um, and this is, this is done in a way because we don't want the NPCs, in a lot of games like Grand Theft Auto, the NPCs will kind of just walk in a loop. Like they're on a line that they follow pretty much, and that's all they do. And, you know, you can follow the NPCs and you can, and you can see the illusion fall apart pretty easily. Um we're trying to fix that with our NPC system where they will have their own kind of, they won't have nearly as complex of a personality as your actual companions will, but they'll have enough of a personality that like, if people are in the night market, for instance, right. And they are like milling about and looking at things. Some of them will have more of an, an inclination to go towards electronic shops while other people will go towards food shops and they'll have different animations and different behaviors based on those personalities. So it feels like the people in the market actually have an objective on their own right. And that way it feels like a living world. That's cool. That's the trick sometimes, you know, to make it immersive, to make people want to stay in it longer. I yeah. A follow up question to that. So lots of times when a game ends, it's over, and then there's games that sometimes you can go back and keep playing. 
Uh, does this game have an end where the credits roll and you are done and you have to restart? <laughs> Tyler could tell you about uh, the the uh, endings. Oh yeah, um, it's uh, so I guess one of the kind of like um, classic mainstays of a JRPG um, game is the the concept of a new game plus. Um, this game, the original Ashes of Kanaka, has four different endings, um, and the uh, the true ending, the 100% completion ending and everything, um, can only be obtained after playing through the game three times. Um, actually, it technically, as I found out with our with the playthrough I did on Steam, or Steam, on stream, um, you can get the um, true ending on the third playthrough. Uh, but you do have to play, play it multiple times, um, and each time it's a little bit different. Um, that you get to keep your companions and all of your like you know inventory and everything. And the idea is that um, the more companions that you have uh, available to you at different points in the game, uh, the more they interact with the situation. Um, so if you were to get a companion at the end of the game, kind of like um, Hobo Joe, as we talked about before, but you use him in the first, in Lost Post Race, in the first city of the game, he'll have unique things to comment on and to interact with um, in the city that you wouldn't have known about unless you restarted the game, like replayed it in a new game plus. That's cool. Um, and is this stuff going to carry over to the new Ashes, any of this? Yes. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what we're doing with... Uh, so in the RPG Maker uh, version of Ashes, there was a limit to, I guess, the um, complexity of the way that these companions could interact and everything. Um, but with the in Unreal, what, what we're able to do is... Um, Make it uh, make those characters a lot more complex, and the things that they're able to interact with um, in the in the game, whether it's just being part part of cutscenes or having you know some throwaway piece of dialogue, um, depending on when you walk walk uh, around a different area on the map, um, or if they have um, specific like uh, side quests and stuff like that, they they have that they can uh, they can do um, if that's available in a new game plus uh, variety or uh, variant of the game, then it's, you have um, a lot more stuff open earlier in the game to, um, I guess, flesh out those characters uh, more than the first time you play through. Um, one of the things that we've um, really been uh, kind of wanting, wanting to focus on with the companions is making their backstories and their involvement in the storyline for Ash's um, important um which is really hard to do with 55 different companions um yeah, but we just want to make so it... much story and yeah. if you have like well yeah. in the original one you said 40 to 60 hours yeah 55 companions that's a lot of companions so, to stuff into that many hours yeah exactly and so what we've what we've thought about is when when somebody plays through ashes they're going to have their their party their four um a party in ashes is uh you and three companions um, and they're going to have their party makeup that they that they like and that they want to play with, um, and that's going to be reflected on the characters, uh, the the companions' loyalty. Um, think again, kind of like in Mass Effect, the more you talk to people in your in your party, the more that they um, open up to you, and then eventually they give you these loyalty missions and stuff that let you um, basically buff them while they're. Um, uh, because you know them better, and that's also how it leads into like the the romance subplots and stuff like that in in Mass Effect. And similar to that in Ashes, 
um, the more that you use these companions and, and whatnot, um, the more about their story, their uh, whatever their goal is, their motivation and stuff becomes uh, more clear. You get to do things with them more often. And then um, they will uh, become, you know, they will become more real to you and I guess closer to uh, the idea is that they become closer to you as characters and as actual companions in the game. Um, and you said that they have different classes. Yep. And so as the main player, the, the, the main character, do you get to choose a class at the start of the game? Yes. Um, and then so... what are all the classes, I guess? You, want, you guys want to okay. write down on, you know? Yeah, there's... You don't have them all worked out yet. Yeah, yeah. There's, uh, well, so fortunately, because we have the basis of the original Ashes, um, currently it's just kind of a one-to-one uh, transfer of the class system and everything from the original Ashes. So there were 15 playable classes, and um, they're basically broken down into like three different uh, varieties. You have melee, you have um, firearms, which is just your like ranged physical uh, combats, use guns, stuff like that, and then you have magic users. Um, and each of those categories has five classes within it, basically changing like the the weapon that they use and the combat style that they use, stuff like that. Um, and that's going to be the case in Ashes of Kanaka when, when uh, in the remake. And all of your companions have one of those fifteen classes, um, and a lot of those companions have um, variations of kind of the root what the class is, um, they have their own like unique spin to it. Um, so you'll have uh, like, I don't really have a great example right now because we're really in the early stages of um, class development and stuff, um, but you'll have like, a, there's a character, Dimitri, who um, is a basically a, a, a defector from Code, the bad guys from Static. Um, and so his class being, I believe he's a loresmith. Is that right, Sam? Loresmith? Yes. Yeah. Um, so him, him as a, as a loresmith, he's a magic user. He has specific kind of like buffs and debuffs and stuff like that. Um, but he's also code. So he'll have more of a technological bent on his, on his magic, as well as, um, the, the skills and stuff that he can do and what he gives to a party. Um, cool. Yeah, and that's true of a lot of the companions. So they're, we try to make them feel as unique as possible and then also make them feel important one way or the other, whether it's not with their involvement in the main story or the story that they are involved in. Um, like the like Majima in Lost Post Race, Majima is a character that has a very, very long, uh, complex uh, storyline throughout the game. And then... Um, at the end of all of that, he joins your party. So he's like, his story was side by side with the rest of Ashes. But then, like, he's like, okay, now I now I agree with everything you're doing. We're gonna join the party and, and help you beat the bad guy. Cool, nice. Uh, yeah, I, I like how we're like we're not spoiling anything too much, but we're definitely giving a lot of teasers. As yeah, try to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll soon have um, one of the things I'm I'm working on this week is doing like uh, bios for every single companion. Um, so those will be available soon. Yeah, so uh, let's go ahead and talk about that. Let's talk about shift topics here and talk a little bit about um, the about that. So the website, the, the Kickstarter, all the other things we kind of teased here briefly. Um, yeah, so we're going to have ashesofkanaka.com launching soon, and that's going to 
have a breakdown of all the companion characters, uh, like with a bio. You can read about them and learn about them, kind of pre-plan your team for when you do a playthrough. Um, and you guys are also launching a Kickstarter uh, to help get this game made. Um, yes. And so tell me a little bit about that. When is that launching? And uh, do you want to tease a couple of what the rewards may be without, you know, can't hold us to anything because it hasn't launched yet, but, you know, what are some of the ideas you guys are bouncing around? Um, so the the Kickstarter will be at the end of April. That's what we're shooting for. And uh, we, so I don't want to give away the the, uh, the uh, big rewards, but one of the really nice things about uh, the Kickstarter is that it will include uh, a playable demo for Ashes. So you can play through the first half of our first dungeon when the Kickstarter goes live. And the a cool. lot of the a lot of the rewards are going to be physical uh, merchandise. Uh, thankfully, we have a lot of friends and connections that can make us all kinds of stuff. So there will be a lot of really cool Ashes themed stuff coming out very soon. Nice. Yeah, so and the I'm demo. Gonna... Go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. I say the demo is also um, it's not directly tied to the Kickstarter, so you don't have to back the kits Kickstarter to check out. The oh demo, yeah, no, it's just available. Yeah, yeah, it's just going to be available at the same time. Um, so well, that that's you really can nice, play you guys. And and see, here, I thought it was tied to it. I thought you had to. No, yeah. Well, no, no, so, no, no, no. Yeah, so I guess kind of a sneak of one of the um, a sneak peek of one of the one of the backer rewards that we're planning is uh, early access to additional. So the first demo is that first part of the first dungeon um you know a tease like an hour play hour gameplay and stuff and then the uh the second demo i guess we call it um is more of like an early access to lost post race um Ooh. to get you kind of uh as we're developing and releasing um like developing the content we're releasing it to the early access so they can try it out um play lost through post the race will have everything in yeah. it which is a big thing for us is that imagine that like you'll have access to lost post race and everything that is going to be a core function of the game will be in lost post race and tested there first so when you get that early access you'll be able to play through basically like the first three or four hours of the game and be able to check out all the all the systems and all of our ideas and what we plan for ashes to be when it is fully released um, and that that is a would will probably be a backer reward um, of some tier. Not entirely sure the the breakdowns yeah. of any of that stuff. Hey, but yeah, oh, it's, that's super cool. Yeah. Um, that's that's awesome that you guys are going to be releasing bits and pieces that are playable, which makes it very exciting. Um, and I can't wait to hear what the rest of the rewards are as well. Um, but we'll have you guys back on to talk about the rest of those rewards um, as it launches, and we'll kind of give a breakdown. Awesome. Um, of that, but before I let you guys go. Um, is there anything else you wanted to say about the game and uh, what platforms is it definitely coming out on? And, uh, and then is there room for additional platforms that it might be coming out on? Um, Ashes, I just want to say that Ashes of Kanaka really is a labor of love from all of us. You know, we, we, are, we are doing this because this is the game that made us want to keep making video games. Um, and we hope that we'll have people join the Discord. Um, we always love hearing feedback, and we post everything in there. So if you want to be directly involved in making Ashes, like, come join the Discord, because we post most things in there. Um, our, our current plan is we're going to launch on PC, uh, PlayStation, and Xbox. We are also looking into releasing on Switch, but... Um, that's going to be a Nintendo call, not a not a dogwood call. 
that's cool though so it sounds like there's going to be some ways to play this um definitely for pc and somewhat console so that's cool but then again you know things always change and you guys are still early in the development right so yeah it's hard to predict these things but i do like to give people an idea you know in case they are limited to what systems they have oh yeah but that's and um uh, also, uh, more to the, I guess, uh, try what we like uh, to do in Dogwood is be transparent in our development process, um, which is why the Discord is available, not just to talk to developers, but also to see our progress as, as we're working on it. But we also um, like to stream our development process on Twitch. Um, so if people want to come hang out and check, watch a game be made from the ground up, uh, we do that multiple days a week on Twitch, uh, which is twitch.tv slash dogwood gaming um there's there's the plug i did the plug i was about to it, do the same thing did for the you plug. guys <laughs> yeah, so, so if you guys want to get involved i'm going to include the link to the discord in the show notes here um, so you guys can check out their discord from there you'll be able to find the twitch and social media and anything else and really talk even talk to these guys here um, yep. if you'd like to support them directly you can find them on patreon at patreon.com forward slash dogwood gaming and if you like this podcast, you can find us at patreon.com forward slash half full reviews. Um, and I'll include links to all of this in the show notes. Um, before we go, th- thank you guys for being on with me today. It's been a pleasure having you on here. Um, yeah, thank you for having yeah. us. I really appreciate it. Yeah, you guys, thank you, you DJ. Were, yeah, you guys are awesome guests, and I look forward to having you on again. Awesome. But till next time, um, well, I don't know. I don't really have a good sign off today. <laughs> 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 this is a great way to end it. We'll just end it. See you yeah. next time. Have a good one. <laughs>